hit it. Hello. Hello. It is the first day of October. See how I made that rhyme? Yeah. Happy October to you. October 1st. Oh, wait, wait. We're going to cheers. My my no logo Yeti. And my subtly branded Yeti. (laughs) Hang on. I'm sorry. I got to open a window. I'm going through something, but holy crap. Sorry, I was having a hot flash. Yeah. I'm a sip my flash. coffee. A coffee induced. It's because I'm not used to drinking coffee from a thermal mug. <laughs> it's like really hot. So hot. Okay. Now that Sean's over. Let's his try that again. Flash, I'm sorry. Let's get back to it. So happy October. Happy and episode to two. And to Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And to you. Happy October fans. Now you're not going to be hearing this until mid-October because I'm still, I got to get my shit together on how fast we get the edit done. But I think that's still pretty good. Yeah, I I think so. With all the promotion. Breaking news that it's October 1st. It's October 1st. Breaking news. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, breaking news. New website. New website. The two marketeers.ca. And new other stuff. (laughs) New other stuff. New intro. Yeah, new intro. Sting. Thanks to Bryce Thomas. Thank you, Bryce Thomas. We'll give you better kudos later when we know exactly what you want us to do with it. Thank you, Bryce Thomas. Lindsay, looking fab today in your fall cheetah look. It's sweater weather. Sweater weather. weather. Have you seen the sweater weather? Sweater weather. Well, there's a candle. My wife. The like, it's the SNL skit. Sweater weather. (laughs) Sweater weather. Have you not seen this? No, I don't oh watch SNL anymore and it's killing well, me. Well, it's like on TikTok. It's not like actually SNL. Who watches TV? Sorry. Watches tell TV? me about, tell us about Sweater Weather. Sweater Weather. It's this whole skit they do. We're like, oh, it's false. Sweater Weather. Time for Sweater Weather. We're going to sweater, sweater Weather. Sweater Weather. I love Sweater Weather. Sweater Weather. <laughs> I feel like anything that's in a Boston accent is the best. It's not. Right? Smart park. Imagine if you that. drove your smart park with sweater weather. Now I'm <laughs> see because now there's like candles or scents called sweater weather, and it's like I'm is literally there? just going to do that all the time. Oh yeah, like uh, my wife is a huge what's it called ba- bath, bath and body, and body works. works? Oh, yeah. yeah, and sweater Every weather. Every time sweater I weather. wash my hands at your house, I'm like Simone is such an angel because <laughs> it smells <laughs> wonderful everywhere you go. Also, I wonder what the sweater weather <laughs> smells like. Is it like a damp wool? Damp, <laughs> like frolicking in Scotland in mid-October. Is it a sheep wool dampness? Yeah. And do you even know what that smells like? I mean, I don't. I do. <laughs> That's a whole As other episode. My mom is from Scotland. I've been there many times and I know exactly what a damp sheep smells like. <laughs> You really? You've been to Scotland? Yeah. Have you not been to Scotland before? No, never been to Scotland. Never been to Ireland with the name Sean Patrick. One day. You know how people say when they step off a plane or they go to a country and they're like, this is my home. Like I can feel I'm from here. Like I actually, I'm from the damp sheep whiskey place. You know, I think I went there for the first time when I was 25 with my best friend, when we were backpacking through Europe and Southeast Asia, and we did a stint in Scotland and I got off the plane. I was like, these are my people. Like I'm meant to be here. It's phenomenal there. Mine's not exotic, but I got that feel when I got off the plane in Nova Scotia. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, I've never felt that feeling other than where I come from. And I have a whisker. <laughs> what is in your mouth? Is it the wool, damp wool sheep hair? Damp sheep wool. <laughs> You're really getting into character. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Sean has a wow. bunch of sweater weather in his mouth. So I'm glad we got on. on track right away. <laughs> Ready for a, a crazy new season. Um, let's get back to it. Uh, one thing I want to wish to my fellow Curious. podcast, podcaster, podcast yeah. partner, co-marketeer, happy day after podcast day, international, happy interna- day after international podcast day. I think we need to work on shortening some of the international days. I think we're just so excited about season two that we just can't stop like chocolate rain crap. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I think it's... People, you have to know that we've been very busy throughout the summer, not doing this, uh, but doing everything around it. So Lindsay and I work a lot together, but we don't really talk. She's very busy and we don't really do this. Now we're just like, we don't have to do any of that. I don't even want to talk about the two marketeers.ca. Okay. So let's just not talk about the I website, do, two especially on mobile. It looks slick, slick. Yeah. But I just don't want to talk about the two marketeers.ca. Huh? Ears. Yeah. E-E-R-S. Anyway. Okay. Yes. Happy International Podcast Day to you as well. I found out Lindsay told me, I think late yesterday when we were having one of those discussions that wasn't this and I'm like, oh, I better catch up. And I mean, hey, you're supposed to reach out to other podcasters and that sort of thing. And I guess that's big for season two. Let's reach out as to it other turns podcasters. Out we did none of that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make some podcaster friends. <laughs> You know who I'd want to make as a podcast friend first? Is Will Arnett? Oh, uh, he's my hero. Uh, no, is the two ladies from the radio show on SNL, you know, Dusty Muffin and Sweaty Balls. <laughs> Don't you think they need a podcast? They probably have one. They may have been the ones that did Sweater Weather. It's possible. So why, why didn't we post about International Podcast Day yesterday? Because I didn't know. <laughs> and also, there was more important topics happening. Oh, yes, thanks for that. Missed that cue. Uh, yeah, yesterday was a, a big day for Canada. Uh, again, long name, so forgive me if I get it wrong. It's International Day for Truth and Reconciliation. I believe it's the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Right. September 30th, 2021 was the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Yes, because it's Canada. It's Canada who's who's got a lot to make up for. Yes. That's why we weren't posting about uh, silly things that don't matter when there's a lot that does matter. Yeah. And child, what is it? Every child matters. That's their, that their hashtag, every child matters. That's their, yeah, Insurance. their campaign, their kind of key message. Yes. Got it. So, Lindsay, your idea, great idea. I think all of us, a lot of us were really kind of careful as Canadians are to kind of be like, okay, so what, how will it go? Especially from marketers like us is, will it be, will it be done well? Will it, you know, will it be done right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're very judgy. So we were very careful. Um, and I think Lindsay has a great angle and found actually, I will say I wasn't seeing a lot on what brands were doing, mm-hmm. um, but I think Lindsay nailed it uh, with the article. So Lindsay. Tell us about what you're all fired up about. 
Yeah. It's so funny because when we choose our topics, we try and do it like a week before, a week before. So we're like researching and blah, blah. And then as you see in our new promo reel, we throw everything out all the time. I don't know why we even bother. So yesterday in strategy magazine, they published an article called what is corporate Canada's place in truth and reconciliation day. If brands want to commemorate the day without seeming like they're capitalizing, it may require a degree of honesty and change they are uncomfortable with. Mm. So I was like, yes, let's just talk about this because I've been, and I think you, you were as well, Sean, I was kind of like looking around, seeing if anyone was talking about their point of view on this, seeing if there was any good articles or any like great examples that I could see in real time of brands doing something really good or perhaps something not, I didn't see a lot. So when I saw this article, I was like, I love this article. I love the point of view that they kind of brought for us. So let's use this as kind of the foundation of our chat today and then um, kind of move forward with that. I just love how that statement, you know, me pausing uh, about just that discomfort. And I think I, that's, I think what, when I read it and I was really, that's what I was struggling with was because I don't know if I have the, the sort of platform for which to create that discomfort. And I'm not even sure where that discomfort lies. And to be quite honest, I think a lot of that discomfort lies in each of us respectively. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But anyways, tell us about what strategyonline.ca did, because it was a really great article. Yeah, it was a great article. Um, What people would do on this day has been bubbling under the surface for quite a while. Like I've been talking about it with my clients for months as we like plan social content calendars and things like that. So um, what they talked about in this strategy article, and we'll include it in our references, um, so you can take a look as well. It says, brands have good reason for not wanting to let the first Truth and Reconciliation Day on September 30 go by without acknowledgement, lest they be seen as not caring or doing their part to contribute to the goals of reconciliation. But treating it like another day on their marketing calendar will almost inevitably be seen as an opportunist attempt to capitalize on the conversation, be it for profit or a simple PR boost. My initial reaction to seeing brands clamoring to do something is to shut up and leave it alone, said Corey Pelletier. I'm going Pelletier. to say yeah, probably Pelletier. that. Peltier, thank you. Principal at Consultancy Core Communications and Marketing, who adds that the severity of what Indigenous communities have gone through, especially in recent months, should explain why he and many other people have that reaction. People, by and large, don't appreciate what happened to the Indigenous population. That's changing, but we found our dead and keep finding them, and it's confirming things our people and our families knew about for so long. There's a point where it does feel... Like they are saying, we dug up more evidence of genocide. Sorry, no one listened to you. Please buy a t-shirt. <sighs> Doesn't that just give you the chills? Like it may, it's such a, I think to your point, Sean, just earlier, we're talking about the comfort level and being uncomfortable and, and figuring out your way to contribute to reconciliation. Like a lot of people don't know what to do. And so they buy and wear the orange shirt and it doesn't really go beyond that. But like, what does that mean? And, and what should people be doing? And especially like from our conversation, what brand should be doing? Yeah. Oh, there's so much there in what he just said. It like, makes me uncomfortable. What I'll say is, I think I went in with sort of, I've done this before. I did this last year when we talked about Black, Black Lives Matter and how I was underwhelmed and, and all that bubbled up to the top were the brands that that didn't do it well. Right. What I will say, you know, Lindsay and I, and Lindsay keeps me uh, on the rails with this, but 
our goal is to is to kind of look at things and kind of not judge them long term, but to kind of look at okay, but wait a minute, maybe that's not a bad thing that we didn't see much from brands because we're not ready. Brands aren't ready, so like we would be the first to crucify a brand for doing mm-hmm. something bad. And I think that, you know, having time to think about it, this is the day after I'm sort of like, okay, well, I'm kind of proud as a Canadian that we did that Canadian thing of being careful and kind of just letting, letting the message get out there, letting the news channels do what they do best. It's probably not a brand's place to have a very strong stance or a strong message because like Lindsay said, the shit's still going on. And for mm-hmm. us to kind of jump on top of it or brands to jump on top of, top of it is these are all terms Lindsay taught me. You know, it's the woke washing or it's the um, temple moments, mm-hmm. uh, like all those kind of things where I, I feel like good on you, Canada, for not really blowing it and letting it be for the first time an official thing where everyone was speaking the same language. Right. Yeah. There, there, there is no protest that I can see against it, which there are some countries where, you know, that that would be the bigger thing. Right. They would yeah. be justifying and protecting. And I mean, I, I don't want to speak for members, obviously, of the indigenous community. But the one thing that I would say is that uh, looking at like that statement and kind of in their shoes for one tiny second, it's like, I don't care if you're not ready. Like we are literally digging up mass graves of dead children from our communities like get get ready and be ready because there's got to be a major change that takes place so we need to figure it out absolutely i think it's that even tension of there's a lot to think about and there's a lot Mm -hmm. to fix um and i think there are we have a couple examples of brands that have done i think things beautifully um and and really align with kind of what we came out of season one with, uh, with, you know, it's not about storytelling anymore. It's about story doing, it's about taking action, letting Mm -hmm. those actions happen and then telling the story of how that action impacted, not telling the story of what you're going to do and how great that is. Exactly. So it says, um, the roadmap has already been laid out. Companies will need to accept that the public's why is a brand involved with this response will be justifiably more easily set off today. If they want to be mindful of that, Mitch White, senior communications lead at Creative Fire says, the place they should start from is education. A lot of Canadians have grown up with indigenous history being a section in a chapter in one social studies textbook, he says, adding that this is one of the rare occasions where raising awareness can actually be highly valuable. So White says a big thing that should serve as a guide is the Truth and Reconciliations Commission's calls to action. Call 92 directs the corporate sector to provide Indigenous people with opportunities, educate staff on the history of Indigenous people within Canada, consult with Indigenous peoples before undertaking economic development projects, and ensure Indigenous communities get long-term benefits from those projects. And then he also goes to say, and beyond that, calls 84 and 86 are directed at the media. While they were crafted with news outlets like CBC and APTN in mind, White says those also contain actions that are transferable to advertising, which is obviously, you know, where where we work, namely that they educate the Canadian public about the history of Indigenous people in Canada, the legacy of residential schools, and that stories reflect the full diversity of Indigenous communities today. To that end, White says any communications today should be focused on education. Further to that, they should turn their reach and platforms over to Indigenous people to tell their stories for themselves, including the more positive ones that reflect the triumphs and resilience 
coming out of their communities. So just one other thing. But the other thing the corporate sector needs to keep in mind is that reconciliation is about action. I'm going to read that sentence one more time. <laughs> reconciliation is about action. So exactly what Sean was just saying about how it's more story doing than storytelling, like real actions first, and then communicating the impact of those actions and treating it like another communications project handled by the marketing department, instead of actually contributing to reconciliation in a meaningful way is missing the point entirely. This is not just one day after all, but an ongoing process that requires foundational change. And it means being uncomfortable. Oh. Did we write this article? It is an amazingly written article. And yes. it's, I'm so impressed with the people that they quote. And it's written by Josh Colm for Strategy Magazine. Um, way to go, Josh. And amazing. We completely like, agree with everything he's saying. There's a way to do this. And, and mm-hmm. let's be honest, there's a playbook. This is being rolled out like a playbook without us even knowing there's a playbook. Like right. through the government, through the media. through. So I'm very impressed. Um, and, you know, Impatient Me has kind of taken a backseat to don't jump all over it. Uh, if I may, Lindsay, on the same article, I think they did a great job at citing a perfect example of what you and I love to call story doing. Um, and I'll just read from the article the particular part. And it's about Tim Hortons, uh, who, you know, the perfect brand to do it. And I have to applaud them for doing it really well. Hmm. What I will say is the brand took the back seat. The brand supported something. And now the brand is letting the story tell itself. And now they, they've done it right. So there's nothing they need to say. Which Tim Hortons, um, so here, like they do that approach, don't they? Yeah, they do a lot do. of big initiatives and actions and then let the story tell itself. Yeah, good on them. Yeah. Um, so here I'm going to read from the same article in Strategy. One example White believes gets the approach right is Tim Hortons. From today until October 6th, all of the proceeds generated from a special orange donut will be donated to the Orange Shirt Society and the Indian Residential School Survivors Society. So pretty straightforward. They didn't reinvent the wheel, very ownable by them, very easy to execute. Yeah. And that's like a promotional model that they replicate, that they know works for the business, right? They have a hero product. They encourage people to participate. They feel like they're contributing. But in this case as well, I think they took it a step further. So yeah, keep going from that. So exactly. The promotion is a typical, they always have it. It's a simple mechanism. very yeah. templated, but it works for them. Their their tablet, their platform is the donut. Fair? Or a cookie. Is, when they want or a, a cookie. It Fair enough, but never has to go beyond that. Possibly yeah. a coffee, but that's it. While the idea may seem simple, a big reason it works is because it came from, and I, I apologize if I'm going to bastardize the name, Joe Corazance, Mitch Shooter, and Shane Gottfriedson a former First Nations chief and former BC regional chief for the Assembly of First Nations, mm-hmm. who co-owned a Tim's location near Kamloops. They helped create the campaign by working with other Indigenous franchisees, representing a swath of different communities across Canada. And I think that's really important, mm-hmm. right? It, it opens up to others like... Um, including Landon Miller, who ran a similar grassroots campaign at his restaurant on the Six Nations of the Grand River Territory in the days following the discovery at the Kamloops Residential School. Basically, the piece, it's about a minute long. 
Uh, no, it's two and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it is about uh, the franchisee in particular, I believe it was Joe, uh, no, it was Shane, uh, talking about what they've done and how they pulled together, collaborated and made this happen and tell very, um, and tell from a first sort of standpoint of, they even talk about since this has all been uncovered, seeing victims coming to their town or see, sorry, seeing those associated with victims and seeing the, the outpouring of, of support and emotion and curiosity to get out there to see the site. And it just is like, I got the tingles, but it's like, this had nothing to do with Tim Hortons other than Tim Hortons as a brand that creates, you know, supports communities and brings people together um, and empowers their franchisees to make it, to play that part in the community, I just think they told it beautiful and beautifully. Yeah. And I think again, that in particular, we'll we'll send a direct link to because to me, I applaud. No one did it better, and no one and and probably they probably had a high. They probably recognized they had a high part to play, a very important part mm-hmm. to play, uh, that they would t- absolutely be one of those brands that couldn't let it pass. Um, yeah, nor especially because I, of the like breadth of their uh, locations. So like compared to a lot of other quick serve restaurants or a lot of other, you know, coffee places, like Tim Hortons has more locations, I think, across Canada than anyone else. I think in this article, it says they have 4,000, which is far beyond a lot of other brands. And so I think as a brand and as a restaurant and as kind of a meeting place, like Tim Hortons in these small communities ends up being kind of the meeting place. And I was listening to a little podcast you shared with me, Sean, yesterday, where one of like a a residential school survivor, they were talking about how he's actually always at his local Tim Hortons and he's always there. Yeah. So I just connected that right now when I was listening to that yesterday, I just, he, um, he's always at his local Tim Hortons and they say he's always there to talk and he's of the cornerstone of the community. And he's always there to support other indigenous community members as they, you know, over their entire lifetime, try to work through the trauma that their communities have been through. So I'm just like, yeah, it is. Tim Hortons is one of those foundational brands, community by community, that um, really is that cornerstone for people and is there for people where they connect. It's like a connection spot. Right. And you know what? It's, it's actually 4,000. What I recognized was that's only 4,000 that participated. Oh, right. So how many locations they have. Oh, there she goes. But yeah, it was really good. And I had some other things and I'm sort of like, you know what, let's just, let's just uh, do our cheers. Can you lift your coffee mug? Let's cheers Tim Hortons. Ah, appropriately with coffee, but not Tim Hortons coffee. (laughs) Clink. Um, Thank you, Tim Hortons. And thank you uh, franchisees who made this happen Mm -hmm. and told the story of story doing that actually when you listen to it, you don't, want to find out more about that you want to explore more about the community and those impacted and how it affects them today and I think it's not about going back in the history and taking back what you've done it's about letting history inform you about what we can do now and I think that that's what they've done because there's a lot you know we can never get enough to understand what a horrible horrible time that was what I will say from a media message is with everything that came on, it was so clear that the education was was number one. It was about educating. It wasn't about taking a stance. It was about humbly as Canadians coming together and and understanding what the truth was and and 
as we go, like Lindsay said, reconciling, but understanding that reconciliation is a long process. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's that trouble around, it's that discomfort we have to face and face the discomfort. Don't react to it, face it. And I, you know, typically Lindsay 180s me where I'm like, wow, I'm really underwhelmed, really disappointed. And I'm sort of like, you know what? This is a first. And I think we're doing it in the true Canadian way. And I'm very proud uh, of the industry for, for doing this. I mean, it's part of our job as well to advise brands on how to change and think about change and how to participate or not and what's what their approach could be to um, like sharing their initiatives during times like these. So I think it's just really interesting for us to see, you know, the recommendations that we've made and what other brands are doing and all that kind of stuff. And before we kind of sign off from this episode, I did want to share something that's so interesting that I thought um, that people can actually do just as a person, if you're listening to this to kind of inform yourself, because I didn't even know this existed till yesterday when my husband told me that he was doing this. Um, so as part of their company, um, that he works for, they are really big on education as, as these societal issues come forward. So he's doing this course Um, about Indigenous Canada that's offered by the University of Alberta. So again, we'll leave this link in if anyone's personally interested in going and taking this course. This course, it says Indigenous Canada is a massive open online course from the Faculty of Native Studies that explores Indigenous histories and contemporary issues in Canada. So I believe this kind of rolls out um, with 12 different modules, and it's really about educating yourself on this, the past, the history and the situations and kind of modern day issues um, that Indigenous Canadians are going through. But anyways, we'll leave that in the link. And I think it's really great for people to, as a just a person and not even a brand, but a great place to start um, just to learn more so that you can figure out a great way to start participating. You know what? Uh, it's, I'm pretty impressed with how the rules have come into place. A playbook is so evident and um, brands are being careful and respectful in most cases, uh, as I know, to follow them. And I think that's really important for marketers. And and the takeaway here is when you don't know what to do, seek out if there's playbooks, seek out if there's a way, Mm -hmm. seek from the government, seek from those around you, because it's not as complicated as you might think it is. Um, And the last thing I'll say is, this is a great opportunity for brands, all of us to really get start facing the discomfort and don't Mm -hmm. do anything about it. Just start understanding that that's an uncomfortable feeling. And from that will come sort of solutions that you'll think about, but take your time, get comfortable with the truth and then reconcile as you go. Yeah. I think that's just kind of what that strategy on uh, strategy magazine article says as well, like focus on education personally at the corporate level with your employees and then um, use your platforms and your voices to be able to help educate as well and drive awareness, but also bring forward the voices of the Indigenous community um, to share that. Yeah. Message isn't yours. The message is yours to share, right? The yeah. platforms are yours. That's kind of why, you know, why we're using our podcast as well as to be able to even just drive a little bit more awareness and some things brands are doing and some things that you can do personally. So we hope that at least in a tiny way, um, that we're starting that education process ourselves and using our platform to share that. And thank you, Lindsay, for doing that uh, yesterday at 7 p.m. But anyways. 
Sorry for the pivot, but here we are. <laughs> awesome. Well, Thank everybody. You, Sean. Thank you for embracing the last minute change, but I've, it's very important, obviously. That's how the best stuff comes out. Listeners, it's been a pleasure. Lindsay, always great to see you and hear you. And I can't wait to record in two weeks. Sounds good. See you then, Sean. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. New episodes launch every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe to the Two Marketeers podcast wherever you like to listen. Or go to the twomarketeers.ca and connect with us. That's the twomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. We are everywhere. Two Marketeers podcast. This podcast is over.